0: I hope you're tucked in, because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Dr. Sue. Hey, you guys. It's Dr. Sue back again, bringing you another Summer of Domination interview today with Goddess Lilith. Lilith Astra. I can honestly say I don't know any woman who works harder and at the same time chokes the shit out of life in the process. She's a world traveling model, singer, actress, dom... But you can also add animal lover, volunteer, and activist to the list. I know you're going to be as captivated as I was when you listen to Goddess Lilith.
1: You guys have no idea how hard it is to pin this lovely lady down. You just, you know, I was finally able to wrangle her and sit on her long enough that she is blessing you with her presence. (laughs) I have with me today Lilith Astroff. How are you doing?
2: Hey, I'm doing wonderful, Dr. Sue. Thank you for having me. Ah, oh, no, thank you for
1: being here. You are like Wonder Woman, and oh. I really wanted to get you on the show. Thank you. So for, for those of you who don't know Lilith, and, and hello, crawl out from under your rock, we're <laughs> talking, you are, I think, what really describes you really well is someone who is literally sucking the shit out of life, and I love it.
2: Thank you. I try, you know, that's what life is for.
1: (laughs) You know, you're not just sitting there and, you know, whining and complaining. No, she goes out, she grabs life by the balls and does her thing. Like, okay, you're a metalhead. You're not just a metalhead, though. You are in Sorrow Seed.
2: Yes, I've been singing in Sorrow Seed for about five years now. We actually have our fifth anniversary show coming up next month at Dusk in Providence on July 31st.
1: So, go there if you're in the area, go and see her for sure
2: yeah but um i've activist. been I've been singing metal like my whole life pretty much since since I was a kid my I have an older sister, and she was a child of the eighties, so I got my exposure to metal when I was young, so I have her to thank for all of this uh you know the i i um I started my first band when I was fifteen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was inspired actually by the band Nirvana, which is not a metal band, but there was something about Kurt Cobain. I just really liked his, uh, his angsty, screamy kind of stuff. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to do that. (laughs) And the rest is history.
1: So is Sorrow Seed yours or did you join them?
2: Um, so Sorrow Seed is the creation of my partner in crime, Morte McAdver, who is also a fetishist. And um, we we came into contact uh, through my Facebook page, actually. And so he had had some stuff written already. He had a concept in mind, and um, he had created these characters, these apocalyptic sort of wrathful entities and he was looking to put a voice to them so when I checked out the material and the concept I was like oh god this is what I've been looking for like my whole life so since then we've we've had a lot of good adventures and we've written more material and in our last album I got to write my first ever like totally BDSM song divine submission oh very uh, cool yeah so that that one's a lot of fun to perform live because during the show i i usually take one of my slaves out or whoever wants to be my slave for the night and uh i I pull them out on a leash and uh beat the crap out of them and (laughs) it's a lot of fun that is so
1: cool oh so then you have to go and see her at one of her shows like seriously hit it up on july the 31st holy that is so cool
2: it's a good time and a lot of people have told me um after seeing a show that it really stuck with them and that they've never seen anything like that in their lives because when we were on tour we played a lot of um a lot of really obscure places in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, stuff like that. So, you know, people might not have been exposed to any sort of fetish elements their their whole lives. So, you know, it's really, um, really powerful for, for some people. And uh, I've, I've still kept in touch with some of the admirers, uh, you know, from over there uh, in various places. And they're just like, you're so wonderful, goddess. You, you totally opened my eyes. And it's great. I love to be able to do that for people, you know, expand, expand people's horizons.
1: And you do that in so many different ways because you are also an activist. You do a lot of work for normal. Uh Tell everybody what normal is in case they've been living under a rock for the last 50
2: years. (laughs) Normal is the National Organization of Marijuana Law Reform, and I work for MassCan, which is the Massachusetts branch of normal. I've been on the board of directors for a couple of years now. I'm on the music committee and the merch committee. So I helped to organize events, fundraising events, um, to get the word out. And also we're in the process of legalizing cannabis completely in Massachusetts um, so that there are no restrictions on it. Uh, you know, you can, you can grow it. You can use it recreationally because pre- uh, previously we, we got medicinal um, passed for, for legal use, but we kind of want to see it taxed and regulated like alcohol. And, um, you know, I personally think it will really help stimulate our economy and it will make things safer. And, you know, there's just so many reasons that I'm in favor of it. Even though the mayor of Massachusetts is uh, opposing us very uh, openly, um, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, we've already got everything in motion. So our goal is to legalize cannabis in Massachusetts in 2016. What's the support like? How's it feeling? It's been wonderful. I mean... Massachusetts has been steadily like 60-40 in favor for legalization for many years now. so it was very easy to get the medicinal law passed. And so we think we're gonna have a lot of support for the next uh, for the next bill too. So it's been it's been really great, you know and um, it's been fun educating people. I even got I even changed my own mom's opinion about it. I changed her mind about it. She was very adamantly against it. Um, you know, she doesn't use it herself, and she always uh, just kind of was like, oh, you know, only, only druggies use marijuana, but in right. recent years, I've been able to change her mind about it and help educate her about, you know, the benefits of using cannabis medicinally and that there are a lot of people who prefer it as medicine over what you get from the doctor. It's so much safer. So um, she actually voted in favor of it uh, when the, when the medicinal law was was uh, suggested and uh, she she sent me a message she was just like oh so I just want to let you know I, I voted for your your marijuana thing and I was your like your marijuana yeah. <laughs> thing how cute <laughs> <laughs> so I was like wow I'm really getting somewhere if I was able to convince my mom like change her mind about it then I could probably change anybody's mind about it.
1: If anybody's listening in, please do your research on anything to do with cannabis, because you guys don't realize just how, how beneficial it really is in a lot of ways. Not just from the smoking medicinal end of it either. It's you're talking fuel. You're talking, you know, like you can build houses with it. You obviously, as we've seen, you can wear it. There yes. nothing. Hemp is such an amazing plant and it should not be outlawed at all.
2: That's right. It's very versatile. You know, I'm very much, I would love to see hemp products coming down in price because there's, hemp is a great alternative to cotton, great alternative to, um, you know, regular paper. It's, it's, it's really healthy for you too. There, hemp seeds, um, you know, it's a great supplement. Yeah, it's uh, it's so good for you. It is, but it's also very expensive in part because it's so, you know, it's such a controversial thing and, uh, you know, the cannabis plant's illegal. And so we're, I would like to personally see the price of hemp products come down with legalization across the country because, you know, I think that if you can choose a healthier alternative for, uh, you know, for your life, then you should. it shouldn't have to cost you an arm and a leg to do it.
1: No. And that's even true for organic, anything like that, all the prices should come down. It's, mm-hmm. it's disgusting that something that we used to call food wasn't called organic back in the day.
2: I know, but, you
1: know, like now you're paying three times the amount to try and eat healthy. It's really, yeah, sick. It's, it's, it's
2: really, really the difference is staggering in this country. And I've, I've done some, uh, some European travel. I just got back from Ireland a couple of months ago and, um, it was you know there was no there was no okay here's the the GMO food and here's the organic and it's going to be more there wasn't any there weren't any labels that said organic because it was all organic and everything mm-hmm. was the same price and the food over there like I'm not talking about restaurant food I mean just the produce and anything that you picked up from the grocery store just tasted and felt so much better. It just cleaner and, you know, it gave you so much more energy than the food that we have here. And it was, you know, uh, lately I've been trying this whole, like, uh, trying to do some gluten-free stuff just because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm trying to, um, do some fitness modeling in the future. So I'm really trying to like tone up. And, uh, you know, eat as healthy as possible, as clean as possible. So I've been trying to avoid some wheat products Mm -hmm. because they're harder to digest for most people and uh, can cause bloating sometimes. So anyway, um, I had just started this right before I went to Ireland, and I was like, is it going to be hard for me to eat this way while I'm traveling? Yeah, and
1: that's just it. You don't realize over there, there is no GMO foods. Monsanto's not allowed over there. They don't allow them in. The food is food. (laughs) Yes,
2: exactly. You have to
1: worry about, you know, am I eating clean? Am I not eating clean? Because, you know, it's mostly North America and a few other places that are allowing Monsanto to go nuts.
2: So, you know, when I got there, it was just I didn't have to think about, you know, it it wasn't difficult at all to, to eat properly and as healthy as possible. And all of the restaurant menus, they all had gluten free and, you know, dairy free or whatever your preference is. They all had stuff like that. It was actually easier to eat over there than it is to eat here.
1: Not surprising. It's a shame, but it unfortunately, everything depressing. seems to, yeah, it, like everything seems to go into hell in a handbasket.
2: Yeah, it's kind of oh it's God. always hard for me to kind of come back home after I've uh, done some international traveling. I'm like, oh, now I have to go back to and
1: eat crap. All yeah. are over there. <laughs> exactly. So, luckily, okay. So, for sorrow seed, you do a lot of makeup work.
2: Sometimes, right. yeah.
1: And you're you like cosplay too? Do you not?
2: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do. I kind of do like a little bit of everything when it comes to uh visual art and modeling and performance stuff. I really like um being theatrical, so I try to bring that wherever I can.
1: Because I mean, you were even bringing that to Pride, and that was so cool. Because like <laughs> I was, I know she was so okay. cool. She was a mermaid. It looked really good. You guys got to follow her on Instagram. She looked awesome. <laughs>
2: Ew. yeah, I did kind of a kind of an evil aerial sort of thing. I had the Ariel costume and uh my friend Steak actually shout out to Steak. What's up, Steak? Um he he painted like a, a scaly like fish skin on me and uh that just really tied the look together, so that was a lot of fun.
1: And it really did look amazeballs. balls. Like and this Ew. is the thing, you you really are out there helping everybody in the sense of you support everybody you're still I mean you were out at pride you're doing the work for normal you're doing like you're out everywhere helping everybody and that is so amazing you should be really proud of that
2: yeah I mean I think I'm probably making up for my uh my angsty teenage youth where I didn't really care about anybody except myself you know and I thought the world revolved around me and I mean at that age of course you know who doesn't think that but uh, I I feel like I'm definitely making up for lost time now, and I'm more about spreading uh, positivity now instead of negativity. <laughs> right on. So
1: you're planning on becoming a fitness model? So you're doing some hardcore training?
2: Yes, I've actually started to work with a trainer as of late, and I'm pretty much spending most of my days sore lately. But I know <laughs> that um, it's you know it's uh, good to have goals, and I know that in a few months I'm going to start to see some really awesome changes and that's going to give me the motivation to keep pushing through it.
1: How do you keep pushing through it now when you're, when, like you said, you're going to be seeing changes. You're not seeing changes at the beginning. And I think that's where everybody just goes, Oh, forget it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it takes time. It takes weeks to start seeing even the slightest bit of change. You really feel it inside first before you see it on the outside. But, um, you know, I've, I've already been trying to keep fit for a couple of years now. So uh, it took, you know, months and years to really see um, see muscular development, and um, I just kind of try to use my time at the gym as time to focus on me. I'm usually busy focusing on, on uh, other things or other people or whatever, so... My time at the gym is sort of I try to uh, I'm not very good at meditation, but I try to um, to meditate when I'm there and get in the zone, listen to some good metal and mm-hmm. um, just kind of just keep working at it. And uh, the trainer has actually been really helpful because without somebody there to push you and say no slacking, it's so much easier to just kind of drop off and do what you feel like doing instead of doing what you should be doing to actually see those changes happen.
1: So it's good to have someone there cracking the whip.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. It's uh, one of the few times in my life where uh, I let somebody tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, there's times when even those of us who are complete control freaks will have to turn the reins over to those who know better, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, yep, sometimes you got to do it. They get it.
1: it. <laughs> so what do you, when you're in the gym, what are you listening to? What What bands are you listening to?
2: I always usually listen to Slayer. I mean, they're they're great thrashy, you know, fast tempo. I also love Amon Amarth uh, for the gym, and my other favorite listening uh, during the gym is Children of Bodom, especially the older stuff. It's um they've got a little bit of a symphonic element in there too. Right. So it's um. It, you know, it gets your blood pumping. <laughs> and that's what <laughs> you need, man. It
1: keeps you, yeah, you don't want something that's putting you to sleep, for God's sakes, not when you're in the gym. Yeah.
2: You know, I've, I've uh, there have been a few times where I've forgotten my headphones or didn't have time to grab them or something, and I've been forced to endure the, uh, the, the, the never-ending crap never. <laughs> And, you know, the, the Rihanna remixes and all that <laughs> stuff. I'm like, how do people actually listen to this all day? <laughs> That's what most people listen to in this country, though, you know, it's like, uh they well, each their own.
1: <laughs> that's right. And that's the thing is everybody's doing their own thing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of sheep that are being led by those that are in power. So and you don't sheep even don't. notice you're becoming. Yeah, you don't notice you're becoming a sheep. That's the problem. You fall yes. asleep and you don't even know you've fallen asleep. That's why people are out there like Lilith going, hey, wake up, smart up.
2: That's right. I I gave up watching television and listening to the radio years ago, and it was definitely one of the best things I've ever done. I don't really watch the news or anything because the news is so filtered. They're they're going to show you what they want to show you only, and some of it might not even actually be accurate. You know, there's there's lots of articles out there where people actually fact check some of this stuff, and sometimes they're not giving you the truth. They're just feeding you lies, so... And then if you're if you're not being fed lies from the news, you're watching really mindless, like stupid stuff that's gonna just like dumb your brain down. So you know, it's true what your parents say when you're when you're a kid, like if you watch too much T V it's gonna rot your brain.
1: <laughs> yes. And now we know what they mean. <laughs> They were right you guys it's actually very really? true. Yeah, watching the news is very detrimental to your health actually because very it much is so. it is never ever ever positive ever
2: ever. No, unless unless you live in Florida. <laughs> because uh my my sister actually lived there for a while so I spent a couple months down there with her and I watched Fox 25 down there and you would not believe it, it was like it was like almost like watching a sitcom or something like down there like everything was very benign and just like random stories about silly stuff and then briefly they would talk about like the horrors going on in the world but if you live in Florida you know it's like the sunshine state and they want to keep all the the happy retirees like happy so right. it's very different if you watch the news down there i discovered
1: that's pretty amazing.
2: Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's almost like
1: they it's almost like they're trying to keep it's you know what it's like? You know you ever seen those things where they're just pumping in it's like an, an insane asylum and they're pumping in the music and all is well. All is yes, well. That's like exactly. just like let's keep the masses like,
2: calm. Yeah, they just want to keep you pacified. It's yeah. like oh, okay, well, I guess it's better than, you know, I could get used to watching that, I guess, as opposed to what the rest of the country has to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally well if you want to go through life like I just said if as one of these sheeple and just kind of and there's a lot to be said about that maybe there's you know maybe it's nice in bliss land where you're just drooling yeah. in a corner somewhere yeah, I don't you know
2: have to think for yourself you let somebody <laughs> else to, I mean that's why I guess uh you know a lot of the the subs that I see that's why they they like seeing me because for for a little period of time, they don't have to worry about anything else except what I tell them.
1: Exactly. All they have to do is follow orders and there's nothing more relaxing than that.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, then they can go back home or go back to work where they have a terrible job or, you know, whatever. and But they get that little break in between.
1: It's like a mini and It's actually extremely good for them to have those sessions, even though for a lot of them they're, you know... They, they have to almost lead a double life because maybe the wife can't know what you're doing or whatever. Understand that it, try not to be hard on yourselves about it because it is a part of who you are and mm-hmm. to express it. There is nothing wrong with expressing it. It's unfortunate that you might have to keep a double life, but it's going to keep you sane in the long run.
2: Definitely. I mean, I, a lot of the people that I see have very, you know, strong positions in their careers and they're expected to just constantly, you know, be this like alpha personality all the time. And Mm -hmm. that can get draining for some people, especially if it's not particularly in your nature, but you're expected to perform that way all day and you have to be in charge of everything. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. So you need to give yourself a break sometimes.
1: Nothing wrong with that. It actually makes you a much more balanced person. You're going to be a nicer person, and you're going to be able to deal with stress easier if you balance both of those sides as opposed to constantly living on the edge. So let's get into your dom work. Do you do domination for a living?
2: Not anymore. I I used to be a full-time pro dom a couple of years ago, and Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it at first. But when it was like my primary source of income, I just kind of saw whoever came through the doors and I got burnt out on doing that because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, some people are just, you know, you're not going to like everybody and some people are just jerks and they don't yeah. respect, um, their role or they don't respect boundaries. And, uh, you know, I just got tired of, of dealing with that. So, um, I had fun with it while I, uh, enjoyed it. You know, I never do anything much past the point of enjoyment. Like if I start to not enjoy something, then I know that I shouldn't be doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, continue to keep doing it full time forever. One thing that happened was I, I used to have a really nice dungeon space over in my old place, but my uh, my landlord of that place decided he wanted to sell the property. So you know, I had a couple of months really to enjoy it before I had to take everything down. So after that, you know, I was kind of getting burnt at the time anyway, and I took that as a sign that it was time to reprioritize things and do something else as my, you know, primary uh, source of income, and then just kind of see the people that I wanted to actually see instead of just seeing anybody. So now I'm mostly lifestyle. I do still do some pro sessions, but very select. Usually with people that I've met before and kind of, um, you know, have a rapport with. Or if if somebody approaches me through my site or on social media and they're they're very polite and respectful and they tribute me, hint, hint, (laughs) (laughs) tribute up front, guys, you know, like that's still the best way to get somebody's attention. Uh, especially if they don't particularly want to pay attention to you to begin with. You know, it's it's nothing personal. People, you know, especially people like me, like, have busy lives. And, you know, you got to – there are so many people out there that are completely in, insincere and, uh, you know, flake out. A lot of doms kind of get crap from people like, oh, well – You know, I was supposed to have a session with so-and-so, but then she disappeared, or she blew me off, or she took my money and didn't give me what I want. For as many people that there are that say that, there's like twice as many doms who have been burned by Mm -hmm. subs who don't show up, subs who send a tribute in the form of a gift or something, and then they go online after the session and they cancel it. (laughs) Um, You know, all kinds of stuff. You have no
1: idea how much that happens. It's a lot.
2: all the time. So I, you know, I just kind of stopped paying so much attention. And the dom work that I do now, the pro dom stuff that I do is mostly for events. I work a lot in Providence. Um, I work down at Sinister at the Dark Lady and also for Wicked and Redemption over at Dusk. I mean, if you follow me on Facebook or visit my website, you can get info on those if you're ever in Providence. And, you know, I say if you want a session come see me at my dungeon. And if, if people show up there, then great, we can get something going. But if they don't show up, it's not like they're actually wasting my time in my night's ruin because I'm there already. Right. There have been plenty of times where I've had no call, no shows. And, you know, I spend some time getting ready and, and, uh, You know, maybe I blow off some other people or some some fun plans I could be doing instead or I say no to some extra work and then the person doesn't show up. So, like, you know, fuck you guys. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like I think any kind of sex work, whether
1: it doesn't matter whether you're having sex with your clients or not, I'm just simply saying anything to do in the sexual realm, it seems to be very easy for people to dismiss the fact that it's a business. Yes, that you're not out there, you know, like everyone seems to think, oh, well, you're just out there getting your rocks off Mm -hmm. and they don't understand that there is a business behind it. So I can see where that would burn you out because it's just, first of all, you have to do it because that's what's putting food on your table. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
1: like you said, now you're seeing people you don't necessarily want to.
2: Right. And at least
1: now you're doing what you want.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean. That's going to
1: make the session better, too, because you're right. there because you want to be, not right. you have to be.
2: Exactly. Like, if I like you as a person, we're going to have such a better time than if I don't particularly care for you or especially not if I don't like you. You know, And if, if I don't like you and you're not really into pain, like, that's not going to work out too well because I'm just going to want to beat the shit out of you and you're not going to like it. <laughs>
1: And especially if you're not into
0: pain.
2: <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so you know, I I think uh, I think that balancing things out has definitely made my enjoyment of doming much better, and it really it brought back my enthusiasm for it. And because that's just who I am naturally, you know. I was I've just going to
1: ask like, you that: Have you always been that yeah, way?
2: Yeah, I've always I've always been kind of like I like to be in charge of things, and people just sort of naturally like follow what I say and do they just sort of fall into line behind me it's always been that way growing up in school I was always uh you know if I liked a guy I would I would beat him up or I would like steal stuff from him or torment him especially if he uh you know, had another girl interested in him or something, and he wasn't returning my, uh, you know, weird sense of affection, I would, <laughs> I would get even, you know, more aggressive about it. So, uh, you know, I, I even took to, like, blackmailing one kid when I was in, like, You're seventh kidding. grade. Oh, I love it. <laughs> seventh grade. So, you know, it's it's always been who I am. And it wasn't until I actually, um, I actually discovered – the world of BDSM through modeling, you know, right out of high school, I started doing some modeling and, um, just in, in, uh, New England in Boston, especially there's, there's kind of a, a decent scene and a good alternative scene here. So it just sort of happened. I was just doing regular kind of like pinup stuff and, uh, suddenly, you know, it turned into, Hey, would you be open to doing a shoot with another girl and, you know, doing some bondage on her and doing this and that. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I could try that. You know, that could be fun. Like, let's try it. And, Oh, you're going to pay me too. Like, awesome. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, you
1: didn't know anything of BDSM until they started coming up with that.
2: Yeah. I had no idea, like none. And, um, so I'm really thankful that things happened that way because I'm sure I would have discovered it eventually, but it would have taken so much longer, you know? And, uh, and I did try to be on both sides, actually the, um, The photographer wanted us to both tie each other up so um there was a couple of sets that we did where the person uh the girl had put me in like a hog tie or something and i i discovered very quickly that i did not like it like whatsoever i did not enjoy being bound i um not just because of like giving up control but i felt it was very uncomfortable and um not me. So
1: claustrophobic. <laughs> it's like no, I don't yeah. yeah. No, I, it's it's wrong. removing your control and if you have any form of control freak ish ism and most DOMs do, it it's just no, don't take my control away.
2: Uh uh-uh. uh yeah, feels can, icky. <laughs> basically, like how do people sit there in bondage for hours? I could oh, not I don't know how they do it. No, I It's just it. I don't like the way it feels. It's like you know, it's just it's not my thing. So you know i i discovered right away that all right there's no like like switchiness here like you know no, but like that's just,
1: the best way to find out
2: oh absolutely yes. and um i know some up, put yourself
1: in the other position for
2: sure well a lot of doms that i know have gone through like um you know actual training where they have to be the submissive first because they have to learn what it's mm-hmm. like to be on the bottom so they have to be the slave to their trainer for a few months you know like I, I don't think I'd ever want to go through training like that because I just, I don't think I've ever really needed training in that manner. It just all came so naturally to me, but it, you absolutely have to know what it's like on the other side. Like whenever I get a toy, like, you know, I, I test it on myself first. I want to know how hard it hits or like mm-hmm. you know, it feels like, what does I'm,
1: it feel like? Cause everything I, feels different.
2: Exactly. So, you know, it's it's all uh, you have to understand both sides to be a good dom, I think.
1: So what do you do during the day? What are you doing to earn your money, man? What are you out there doing? Is it? Do you get it from the band? Do you get it from your job oh, no. work? Or, <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Like, are you kidding? Anything artsy, no one ever makes money. At yeah, it. no, so.
2: let me just clear something right up for you guys out there, out in, t- you know, uh, internet wave land. Like, I do not, most musicians do not make money with their band unless they're like a cover band. Um, most of us have to put in our own money and we spend more money than we make like That's so especially true. we're we're an unsigned band so our our first couple of tours that we did were completely self-funded and you know we're we were lucky to get a hundred dollars guarantee every night at some of the places sometimes we didn't even get that if they you know the show wasn't promoted well enough so I mean just think about how you get that even, wasn't even enough to get from point A to point B in gas, much less feed us or put us up for the night anywhere. So it cost us thousands of dollars to do those tours. And some of these places were in little holes in the wall where nobody was buying merchandise either. So, I mean, if we have a night where nobody buys any merch, like, we're definitely, you know, taking out of our own pocket to eat that day. So people have this misconception that just because you travel, that equals success. And that equals, you know, financial success and being rich and having a lot of money. You know what? That's a good
1: point because people see you jetting everywhere because you do. You are everywhere you do a lot of traveling you do a lot of stuff so everyone thinks that you are independently wealthy
2: yeah i know well you know let me tell you guys right now i bust my fucking ass to be able to afford those trips and guess what some of them are not vacations some of them i'm working the entire time like uh at fetcon in august Anybody who has gone to FECON, like, you know, any dom or, or model is going to know this. But, you know, that particular convention is geared towards the industry so that you can, you can network with people and you can get together and shoot with people or session with people that you normally wouldn't. So that trip is almost all work for me, you know, like. Last time, uh, last year I did it, I was able to pay for like my month of rent with it plus my travel there. So, but it was the most exhausting four days probably of my whole year, and I didn't have time to enjoy the convention at all. I didn't buy anything. Um, you know, I think I made it to the beach on the last day for a couple of hours and, you know, then I got back on a plane and I went home. Like a lot of these trips are not leisurely. Most of them are not. In fact, like I do make it a point to take vacations like every couple of months to keep my sanity. But a lot of these um, trips and the travel that I do, it's work and people don't understand that. It's like I don't, you know, like why don't you follow me around for a couple of days and see if you can even try to keep up with with everything that I have to do? You know, it's it's not all like you know glitter and whips and fun and games. Like, you know, I. Don't <laughs> so is that mostly what up? you're
1: doing now? Is is a lot of the fetish modeling and and getting out there and doing all of the trade shows and stuff like that? Yeah. Yep. Because recently, by the way, it, like I said, if you follow the woman, you will know this. You, were you not on one of your recent trips within the last couple of months sleeping in your car?
2: Uh, well, yeah, there, there that's, is a That's a good that. point. As I'm saying,
1: it's like, okay, she's <laughs> driving from point A to point B. She's not staying at the freaking Marriott Suites, okay? That's she's right. sleeping in her fucking car. So
2: right. <laughs> Come on. As a matter of fact, like, uh, you know, last summer when I was on the road all the time, I bought like a piece of foam. So that I could have a more comfortable bed in in the back of the car, you know. <laughs> like, people, that's another thing people don't understand about life on the road. Like, you have to get used to being in uncomfortable conditions, like mm-hmm. whether you're sleeping in the car or you're sleeping in a less than stellar hotel or if you're not sleeping at all you might not be able to sleep sometimes there's really noisy stuff going on and you can't get any sleep and you're driving for 10 hours and you know you got to get to where you're going and you're going to show up completely exhausted and then you have a job to do all weekend where you're ha- you're supposed to be happy and upbeat and friendly sometimes, you know, not always, like, you know, I'm able to be a complete fucking asshole to people sometimes as part of, uh, you know, part of the DOM work, I'm able to take out my aggressions at least in that regard, but if I'm modeling or representing somebody or a company, like, I have to smile and talk to people, and it's, I mean, people don't understand how incredibly draining it is, And, uh, you know, another thing is that a lot of people think I'm this, like, big social butterfly, but I'll I'll tell you another thing. Like, growing up in school, I had hardly any friends. I had, like one person that I hung out with and everybody else just kind of stayed away from me because I was weird. So, but that was okay because I don't really like people very much anyway. Being in situations with a lot of people is very draining for me. Like I'm actually an introvert. Everybody thinks I'm an extrovert, but it's just because of my job and what I have to do. It's my job to to entertain. Like I'm an entertainer before anything else, like that is the root of it. I am paid to be entertaining. Whether that's performing or um you know, sometimes I get paid just to like host events, but that means I've got to be the life of the party for five hours. Yeah. Sometimes I literally find a corner or go in the back where nobody can find me and I just have to sit there for like 20 minutes and recharge. Mm -hmm. And then of course, when I come out, everyone's like, Oh my God, where were you? Oh, we thought you left. Or, Oh, I've been looking for you. It's like, Jesus, like calm down. (laughs) 20 fucking (laughs) minutes. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, sometimes I don't get to eat during these periods of time and like, you know, I have to make sure I pack food and snacks and stuff. And if I run out of food, you know, one of the things that uh, I worked on with my trainer a while ago was um, speeding up my metabolism. But that means it slows I have to close your eat.
1: metabolism down. That's right, it does.
2: I have to eat like every two to three hours. So yeah. if I forget to bring a granola bar or something like. My blood sugar drops like immediately, and I'm screwed. And it's like, okay, well, the only thing I can do now is drink alcohol. Yeah, that's gonna help. So I mean, it's like people don't see this stuff; they just see like the pictures, and they're like, "Wow, you look beautiful in that outfit. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you you're everywhere, and like you you have this like really exciting life, and and it's wow, it must be so awesome to be you. And like, you know, I'm not saying I don't have a fun life, and like I. I don't, you know, love everything that I do. I'm, I'm very grateful and happy that I'm able to do things on the level that I do. But people, you know, it's also extremely draining. It's, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people just don't, wouldn't be able to stand up to the level of activity that, you know, I have to, I have to perform at every single day. So, you know, what you see on the outside is not necessarily the entire picture.
1: So do you think you have more compassion then for, say, celebrities that have to do the same thing?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, another really ugly side of the entertainment industry that I don't like to talk about very much, but it's nonetheless a very important, very real and serious issue is personal safety. Um, I was actually on a talk show years ago, the Dr. Keith show, talking about personal safety on the internet because I have been stalked before, Mm -hmm. like to the point where this one guy actually showed up at my job. I worked at a retail job at the time and somehow he figured out, I think that he, he probably came down to the area numerous times. To, f- to figure out where I was because I had mentioned that I was going to Harvard and I was working in Harvard Square as well. So mm-hmm. this guy from New Hampshire came all the way down and, you know, started hanging around Harvard Square until one day he saw me. Like, I was walking on my way during my break to, like, get a snack, and and I just hear this person go, hey, Lilith. And, like, you know those times when you just instantly feel like something mm-hmm. is wrong? As soon as I heard that, I was just—I got this like gross feeling, and I got like angry right away. And I turned around, and I looked, and there's this like weird, goofy-looking, nerdy guy standing there. I'm like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Curtis." I'm like, "Curtis, like from the internet?" And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I was just in town." And like, blah, blah. I'm like, "Don't you live in New Hampshire, dude?" And he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, I'm here to see the show." He made up this whole story. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I have to go now." Like that was weird. And then a week later. He came into my job because there's a big big window uh, right by the counter where I was working. So I'm pretty sure he was spying on me through the window. And motherfucker actually came in there and he was, like, with this big goofy smile on his face. And he was like, hey, Lilith, I'm so sorry to hear about, like, you know, whatever I was talking about in my, like, uh, my, like, blog at the time or something. And I, like, flipped. Like, I left. No shit that counter and i was like get the fuck out of here now like i was ready to fucking pummel this guy so he ran away like really scared with his tail between his legs and luckily uh my job had a security camera so we pulled the images off the camera i put them on a flash drive and i posted them on my site and Mm -hmm. i was like this guy's a fucking stalker So he never bothered me again after that. But I mean, I've had other, I've, you know, had plenty of other occurrences where I've been harassed and stalked online. And sometimes I do, you know, worry about my safety. You got to take that into consideration, too. You're putting yourself out there. If somebody really wants to find you, like, you know, that they can make that happen. Luckily, I travel so much and I'm always sort of bouncing around, like, you know, if anybody did try to, did get that idea in their head to come try and find me now, like, they'd probably have a much more difficult time doing it.
1: They'd probably need a lot of money because they're going to have yes. to follow you everywhere.
2: It's yes. like, all right, why don't you follow me, like, across the country and come find me there, you know? But, uh, but yeah, you know, there's a, I get, like, online harassment all the time. I've I've had some people, who, because people get obsessed um, An obsession, it's, it's a disease. I mean, so there are sick people in this world. And it's very easy to become obsessed over somebody you see on the Internet, especially as a female. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of actresses, big time actresses have to deal with this in very serious manners. And I mean, it's it it can happen to anybody. You know, you don't have to be like celine dion or natalie Oh yeah, you don't have
1: to be internationally famous at all there's and a lot of doms get um stalked and harassed brutally
2: brutally um who gets like death threats regularly and she's had notes put on her apartment door by people you know like people are just insane you know it's just so that's another thing like part of me sometimes just wants to like you know, run into the woods and take all my stuff offline and, you know, never come out and just Mm -hmm. like, you know, like a big part of me wants to do that often, not just for the stocking reasons, but because sometimes I just get fucking tired of people, you know, like I'm planning on, on dipping out of the entertainment industry, like probably within the next decade. Like I feel that I've made a lot of accomplishments. I've reached a lot Mm -hmm. of my goals I'm going to continue to have as much fun and do as much uh, as I possibly can these next few years and then that's it. I'm fucking done. Like, I'm just going to become like just your regular, average, like normal nobody and like just, you know, tend my what garden. What are you going to do?
1: I was going to say, so what are you going to do? You're just going to chill at home?
2: Yeah. You know? What are you
1: going to do for a living?
2: Um, I'm not sure yet. I, I actually, I've been working in the wellness field for a little while. i mm-hmm. um. I, I do Reiki. I'm a Reiki master.
1: I was just going to say you were doing a massage the other day, were you not?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I do – I had massage training a couple years ago, so I do a lot of, uh, like, events. I'll bring a chair, and I do chair massage, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I do volunteer work, too. And um, and I do the, the Reiki stuff, which I think is uh, – you know, not only good for my clients, but it's good for me as well. It's very cleansing and relaxing. So probably something along those lines, but who knows, maybe I'll just be a cashier at a Whole Foods or something, you know, like whatever
1: makes you content. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be something spectacular.
2: Right. Whatever is going to be easy and stress-free and, you know, just Whatever pays the bills, I want to live someplace not in Massachusetts, not in New England, perhaps not even in this country, but um, you know, I want to live somewhere remote and quiet where I can have my personal space and not have to see my neighbors or anything. And I'm just, you know, I'll probably, I want to have like a big garden someday. I want to have some animals. I love animals. So I I want to say
1: you love animals. Tell everybody who's chirping in the background.
2: (laughs) That is sunshine, my little cockatiel. And uh, he's very jealous because I'm giving attention to somebody else right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's very handsome.
2: Yeah, whenever I'm on the phone or have somebody over, he wants to be part of the action. So he flew over here, as you were saying that, and now he's sitting right by my shoulder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is. He's, just, he's trying to get in the shot. It's great. Yeah,
2: he is. You knew we were talking about him. <laughs> hey, Sonny. <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah, he's a good little guy. I, I was lucky enough to grow up uh, in a, in a household with a lot of animals. My parents were both, uh, veterinary assistants. That's how they met each other. And, um, so I grew up with a little menagerie of animals, like, you know, and so that's what I would like to have eventually again someday, because I mean, everybody knows animals are better than people.
1: Oh, there is no comparison. (laughs) I'll fight for an animal more than a person any day.
2: Totally, I'll get more torn up over, you know, losing a pet than, than I will with people or if i see an animal being mistreated i will get way more angry if you know than if i see a person being mistreated (laughs) i know it's sad but it's just the way it is it is i mean you know animals animals are so much uh you know more compassionate loyal loving and they're a lot smarter than most people give them credit for too
0: i'll be right back with more from goddess lilith Maxim Magazine calls it... One of the 100 things to do before you die. The Los Angeles Times calls it... The mother of all Halloween blowouts. Saturday, October 31st. Halloween night. At the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. It's the 20th anniversary of the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. That's right, fellow freaks. The Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and the insanity will be mind-blowing. Three giant rooms on two levels provide you with six hours of erotic intensity and entertainment featuring the Psycho Circus, Phantom's Lair. The Red Room of Pleasure, and the Human Zoo, along with the hottest DJs in Vegas and LA burning up the dance floor. And don't miss the Lifestyles Expo, where you can pick up all your kinky toys and meet some of the sexiest folks in fetish. The 20th anniversary of the fetish and fantasy Halloween Ball is going to be huge, and I've scored you a discount on your tickets. Simply go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber to save $10 on each general admission ticket you buy. Get your tickets now, because the price goes up the closer it gets to Halloween. Right now is the best time to buy. Go to wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber to get your discount. And don't forget to grab your VIP tickets for even more freaky fun while you're there. That's wanttickets.com backslash rubber and enter the promo code rubber. The 20th anniversary of the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. Halloween night. Join me, I dare you. (laughs) And I'm back. Now here's more from Goddess Lilith.
1: If a sub wants to get in touch with you or wants to serve you in any way, how can they do that?
2: Um, Well, first, uh, you can find me on lots of social media. Just look for Lilith Astaroth. We're going to have all
1: your links on the show page. So you're just going to have to go to the show page, and everything's going to be in one place.
2: Awesome, awesome. So I will say off the bat, it is hard to get my attention sometimes, so you're going to have to be persistent.
1: Money talks.
2: Money Talks, um, I do have my Amazon wish lists too. I can, uh, I can send you that link as well so you can get it up on the page with the other mm-hmm. links. I really encourage people to look through my work and what I do thoroughly and know who I am as a person before you contact me because one thing I absolutely hate is having to explain any of my views or any of the stuff that I do, like... You know, every single day of my life is is like an interview for me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've seen you around. Like, what have you been up to? What's the band doing? Oh, you've you've been traveling, huh? So where have you been? Like, oh, what do you do like all day or this or that, you know, like you know, I I literally have to say that all day. Like, if you want to be helpful to me or be submissive to me, like I don't want to answer your fucking questions, okay? I hate answering questions, especially from subs. If you want to know something, go fucking figure it out yourself. It's all there for you. Literally anything that you could possibly want to know about me has already been said, you know, in some shape or form. Do do your research a little bit. Understand who you're talking to before you make your contact. And I'm always open to meeting new people, especially if they're going to you know, make my life easier or, you know, add, add some little bit of joy to my existence, you know Um, whether that be through offering themselves as a punching bag or offering to, you know, buy me a massage while I'm on vacation or doing some research for me. I always need help with research, you know, webmaster kind of stuff. I just don't have time for these things. So I am always looking for help with things, but, you know, just, Be respectful, you know, don't be a flake. And if you're, if you're a newbie, I've had so many newbies waste my time because they just don't know like what they want. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna approach me, like, be sure of what you want. And don't flip flop on me, because then I'm just gonna hate you. And then (laughs) I'll never talk to you again. So you don't want that because, from what I hear, I'm a pretty awesome person to be around. I have no
1: doubt that you are an awesome person to be around. And I thank you so much for doing the show. I'm hoping that, you know, if someone is bugging you, you can send them over to the show now. That's actually part of the reason why I'm doing all these for everybody is now you guys can go go listen to the freaking show and leave me alone. Yes! Because it's yes. just so t- – I know. That's the chief complaint – of most doms do your research gentlemen don't just oh she looks cute i want to serve you because it's so annoying (laughs) what do you like exactly what do you do what do you (laughs) it's like okay seriously seriously (laughs) oh it drives you crazy so yes gentlemen please do your research first and with lilith as with all the doms that i'm interviewing all the links can be found in one place. You can listen to the show. You can hit up Lilith at any one of her links because we're going to have them all. And Oh, before you go, though, what are some of your upcoming projects? So the 31st year in Providence, what else yeah. you got coming up? You got FETCON.
2: Yep, I'll be at FETCON. If you guys want to book a session or book a shoot with me, I am booking for that right now. My schedule is fairly open right now, so book early so that you can lock in a time. I'm actually going to be spending a lot of time in Providence soon, so I'm going to be accepting select few sessions for foot worship, We've got, in October, Sorrow Seed is playing a big show in Providence. It's like the the Goddesses of Rock Festival. It's going to be all female-fronted bands, which should be a good time. Definitely scope that out. You can uh, make sure to get on the Sorrow Seed mailing list and go like the page on Facebook to keep updated with that. And we are going to be in the studio very soon recording new material. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've got another project in the works as well. That one's called Angor, so I'm, I've am i already been recording some vocals for that and been tracking for our EP that's hopefully going to be released by the end of the summer. So watch out for announcements for that, because once that project gets going, we're going to be playing a lot. So I'm going to be very happy, uh, you know, in a couple of months, because performing is really my passion And, uh, yeah, you know, come out and see us, um, come out and see me. If you're not sure about, if you want a one-on-one session, you know, just come out and hang with me at an event. You know, I'm always down in Providence. I travel a lot. There's a good chance I'll be traveling to your area at some point in time. So just reach out, you know, like I said before, like offer to be helpful in some way and I will be responsive to you. You know, don't just make it all about you. Ask yourself what you, can do for me to you know make things more comfortable and more enjoyable for me and you'll you know you'll more likely get a response that way
1: well if they're going to book sessions should they go through the website and hit you up by email or do Um, it through social media
2: do that or hit me up via social media i tend to get bogged down with uh with emails sometimes so if you send one be patient and wait for a response it might take me a week to answer you If I don't answer, I might not have seen it, so hit me up on, uh, you know, Instagram is a good way, Twitter is a good way, but if you're going to use Twitter, don't DM me, just send, like, you know, send an at message to me so that I see you, and then I can contact you privately, okay? (laughs) There you go. So thank you so much. I am beyond
1: pleased that you did this for me. I really do appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing rest of your summer and that everything goes fantastic for you.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the interview. It was awesome.
0: Tell me you didn't learn a thing or two about how to live your life from this amazing woman. She has a definite plan yet isn't afraid to allow the wind to blow her off course. If it looks like a worthy adventure, be sure to hit up all of Lilith's links on her show page at inbed with dr. And until the next summer of domination show, remember.